Diffusion, the international science radio show. We have a bouncer on the doors of perception. The good, the bad, the ugly. It gets pretty exciting. The myths, the truths. Toxicology. Astro seismology. Magnetism. The dark side. Genetically engineered potatoes. Planetoid. Planetoid. I love that word. <laughs> <laughs> Hello and welcome to Diffusion. Relax while we adoringly whisper sweet, sciencey somethings into your brain. I'm Patrick Ruby. On this edition, we'll feature a walking tree, being mobile, and unhealthy chickens. But first up, here's the news. <laughs> A missing link in whale evolution has been found. A 47.5 million year old fossil, which was discovered in Pakistan in the year 2000 and also the year 2004, actually it's a group of fossils I think, are providing one of the missing links in whale evolution and they've found from studying these fossils that the whale's ancestors, which are a species that have been called Myocetus Inuus actually gave birth on land to their young. They discovered this fossil of the species called Myocetus Inuus and the fetus in this species, um, the fossilized fetus, was found positioned head first, um, which is the way that fetuses are born in land mammals, but not in modern whales. They, it suggests that this fossil is one of the links in where whales evolved from being land-based mammals to sea mammals. Some of the other things they found in this fossil is enlarged teeth in the front of the mouth which they believe could have been used for catching and eating fish so that these mammals would fish and feed off in the sea and then come back to land when they're breeding. They have four legs and the limbs are sort of flip alike so they believe this means that the whales couldn't travel that far on land and they would have been restricted to living by the shoreside. So they believe the lives of these mammals were shorebound, going out to sea to eat and then coming back to land to mate and give birth. Well, the thing that comes to mind here is our platypus. I mean, our platypus would be maybe a derivative of this animal. A small feature of it, maybe the little baby that didn't even get born. Uh, platy- platypi, that's the right word, isn't it? Platypi, I think, um, they lay eggs, don't they? They do, they're monotremes. They're monotremes, okay. they're so, yeah. Whereas, so they don't have live births. So the platypuses go back even further than the ancestors of the whales. The echidna is our other monotreme in Australia. That's right. Also, they also lay eggs, yes. They believe that... It would have been very awkward to try and walk far on land with these web-like So maybe legs. they could have looked a bit like really big platypuses or platypi. Mm. I think it's Absolutely. platypuses because it's English and not Greek. Oh, okay. All right. So I've been wrong all this time. <laughs> Dear me. We'll check with a biologist. <laughs> a weird thing came across my path. There's a walking tree in Costa Rica, in the rainforests of Costa Rica... There's a walking tree. A walking tree. Now, this is a tree that looks like a, at the base it's got a tangle of roots rising about a metre above the ground. And 
the walking tree changes its location over time, about a metre or so a year, maybe two metres a year at most. And that's a fairly slow tree, isn't it? A metre a year. Yes, a snail would put it to shame. Yes. Better than most trees, though, I have to say. So the way it moves is the roots act as an evaluation system. It searches for good soil for the tree. Now, the information I found here isn't just about the tree itself, but Mitchell Resnick of the MIT Media Laboratory has a whole paper that he's published in the International Journal of Computers for Mathematical Learning on thinking like a tree, where he's worked out algorithms based on how he believes the tree is using its roots to move around. So the roots evaluate where there's good soil. If there's good soil on the north side of the tree, the roots on that side dig in deeply and hold firmly. If the soil on the south side isn't as good, the roots on that side remain shallow and weak. As the roots on the north side become stronger and deeper, the whole tree shifts towards the north, pulled by the strong roots. As the tree moves, new roots grow in the new location, some of them extending even further to the north. And if they find better soil over there, they get stronger, and the tree gets dragged over in that direction. If not, then the tree doesn't move there. So, wherever there's better soil, because it's searching at random, that's where the tree will move. So he's put it into a strategy that the tree's following, saying it's testing randomly, sending out roots in all directions, it's evaluating, determining which is best, and then electing to choose where to move based on the information of the evaluation. So the walking tree does this over and over and over and eventually moves to where the best soil is. So he sees this as a form of intelligence of the tree as opposed to just response to stimuli. Well, he sees it as a strategy that can be used for mathematical learning. And he's written a large paper which you can find on the net called Thinking Like a Tree and Other Forms of Ecological Thinking by Mitchell Resnick. ABC Science had a story saying free-range chickens may be less healthy. So all those people who are getting their karma points by going for free-range eggs and free-range chickens because, after all, the chickens are happier chickens when they get killed for your dinner table or when they're laying eggs for you, well, it ain't necessarily so. I feel a little uncomfortable now, Ian, because I always was happy buying my free-range eggs. Well, of course, it's not because the whole concept of free-range is wrong. It's because they're doing it wrong. Researchers at the National Veterinary Institute in Uppsala, Sweden, have found that if farmers aren't extremely careful, if they're not doing it right, bacterial infections like E. coli can run rampant through free-range chicken flocks. What's happening is that they're getting too many hens in the flocks. So they're having as many as 10 times more hens in litter-based and free-range setups than are in the cage systems. So... You've got bacterial infections, more parasites and more viruses because you've got so many more hens in the same space, even though they're free range, and because they're sharing the litter. So they're spreading infections amongst themselves at a larger rate than you would in the battery caged. Well, if you've got 35,000 chickens in one enclosure instead of 10 in a cage, you've got much more range for viruses and parasites to be spread. And the other thing you get is you get social behaviour because there's too many of them crowded together. Because although they're free range, it's still not as humane as it should be. You're getting violent pecking and cannibalistic attacks by other chickens. Cannibalistic attacks? Cannibal chicken-eating chickens. I have heard that before, though, that chickens can um, 
can have cannibalistic tendencies. I think, well, maybe not out of choice. I heard somewhere in the past that um, some chickens in certain institutions in the UK, which I won't go into here, are actually fed animal offal instead of their normal chicken feed to mm-hmm. feed off. And it, it caused a huge uproar over there when it happened because it was seen as being very, very, as a terrible thing to do. Well, people forget, of course, that chickens are carnivorous. They eat insects. Meat-eating is part of their diet, even if they only get insects. So they can digest this sort of thing. Chickens are kind of weird, though. Not only do you have cannibal chickens, but if you've got chickens where there's no rooster, you'll get hens that start transmogrifying into rooster-like forms. So they'll start doing rooster behaviour, their bodies will change. They won't go all the way over to being reproductive roosters, but they'll look and act like roosters. Does that mean they start mounting the other hens? I think they do, yeah. Yes. All on characters, they they take it on. So, yeah. Okay, so they they form sort of like a a dominating sub-sex, I suppose. Yes. Or super-sex. Transsexual chickens, you heard it here. Yes. So they're saying that, look, nutritionally, free-range eggs and meats are virtually identical to the same products from caged chickens. But there are ways to keep free-range flocks healthy with a combination of breeding, vaccines and behaviour control. Even dimming the lights can calm a chicken down. But Sweden's experience often lessens to chicken farmers everywhere. You're listening to Diffusion Science Radio, diffusion at 2SER.com, brought to you across Australia on the Community Radio Network. Now on Diffusion, we have Drew Shobrook telling us all about being mobile, cheap phones and other electronic goodies. Welcome to Diffusion, Drew. Yeah, thank you. I've been heavily into mobile phones since I was in the 90s. I'm one of the fans of the cheap mobile phone. Quite often, even though I might have the latest and greatest and best phone, I always go out and find what the cheapest and most efficient one for your dollar is. Currently, at the moment, one of my favourites is little Nokia 6121, which happens to be the flagship of their series or their software. So it runs all the latest, greatest software, has the camera, the music player, but it's only $250. So it's quite amazing because it's almost like a mini computer. It's something that you can do everything on it. I tend to find out what people want from a mobile phone. and quite to, I, When I meet people, I ask what mobile phone they have and then find out how it suits their personality because I go, it's a personal thing we have to carry in our pocket. We have to live with it. We have to, you know, use it as an accessory. And it's very interesting to find out what sort of phones people have. So I'll throw it back to you and say, what phone do you have? Oh, I have... Uh, I was thinking about this just as you were talking, actually. I have a little Nokia as well, and I have to confess I'm not the best please with it at the moment my biggest problem with my Nokia I think it's a 69 it might have been the model before that one 6920 or something like that I don't know those little flat ones that everybody has my biggest problem with that is that it keeps stalling on me I'll be in the middle of a phone call and then my phone will give up switch itself off and I'll have to wait for it to switch itself back on so I'm cut off in the middle of a phone call and it takes about five minutes for it to recover before I'm able to call again and then the battery sort of seems to wear down after a day I have to charge it almost every day 
sometimes in that being the technology guy I am you need to look at the updates sometimes there's firmware updates where you've got to go back to a shop or if you've got a friend who's technical enough he can update the software on it because there are known problems probably some carriers out there run their own firmware and because of that you may not be able to get an upgrade on the firmware and when you hear those sort of problems the first thing that triggers me is I think you've got one of those one of those ca problem carriers who tend to lock the firmware and you can't upgrade mm -hmm. so sometimes you're better off to say yes um time to throw it out and find a new one or not throw it out but recycle it and get a new one and drew the firmware is like the operating system for the phone that's right it's more than the operating system because there's two areas there's a firmware where the actual device runs the actual chips it sort of a boot up the type thing and then there's another firmware where it is the os so currently a lot of phones have different os's on them so that's something you need to be careful when you're looking at a phone because does the os suit your type of way you work with a phone that's why you see nokia and other people advertising their phone as music phones and things like that because they're orientated towards music this one here is a mixture because it's kind of like a music phone and um, a business phone so it's fun and business and that's something you need to look at when you know ch choosing the phones because you know it, it's it's you really do need someone who knows about phones and quite often it's very hard to walk into a computer store or a phone store and they'll recommend what they like but they won't ask the questions about what you want with a phone and what your personality is. I mean, they really should test your personality and say, right, you know, you're this type of personality, well, then, look, you better go and get this. I mean, you know, one thing I find very popular with the girls, they like a flip phone. They like the idea that when they close the phone, their boyfriend's not going to hear where they are or what they're doing. So um, us okay. boys, we tend to go for a candy bar phone because we don't want a complicated flip something open, you know. Something quick and easy, yeah. Exactly. Just press the buttons yeah. and it's there and it works. It's uh, yeah. But yeah. yeah, going to that common one, I've heard that one quite a bit that it just shuts down in calls and turns off like that. And oh, so I'm not the only one. Oh no, it's very oh. common. In fact, actually, you'll be quite relieved that quite often people's phones, Nokia phones, are rebooting themselves without them knowing. Sometimes if you sit there and watch a problem phone, an old phone, you'll see it switch off and yeah. go. The light comes on back on miraculously, and you'll think. Well, why is that light flicking off in the corner? Of course, what's happened? The phone's just rebooted. But and it during says check info service that's every so often when it does that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, because it's actually yeah restarting. So, so like I said, um, if it's under warranty, you can definitely take it back. But if it's an old phone that's out of warranty, well then, you know, you probably will need to first see if you can upgrade it, change the firmware, and if not, then start hunting for another one. So. so can you store notes on that, like an electronic notepad? Yeah, well, this this one here, I've got a very business-like one. As I said, there's um, I'm thinking we're getting technical. There's a Series 60 and a Series 40 operating system, and the Series 60 has all the wonderful features where I can record here, take on my notes as I'm out and about, and then go back and listen to them. I can rename those notes so I can check them out. And if needs be, I can even, using email, send them as an email to myself. So I find that, you know, um, even... As a person who works in business, it's very handy to be able to just remember things, store it, and email them out for something important, or vice versa. If you're a student, you could easily, you know, take records of lectures, notes, and things like that. The tricky thing with this is you need to swap it between. You know, a bit of settings where swap it between what they call MMS. MMS is these picture and sound type messages you can send, and that restricts you to a minute. Whereas you change it to a non-MMS file it'll allow you to record for as long as you want, but the files do get quite large. Is that setting because of the size of the files? Is that why it's set up that way? It's because they think that generally you're going to use it to send people. But MMS is probably one of those things that I think is multimedia 
messaging or, and you know something like that and I'm going there's not many people use that type of messaging I mean we've all used to email in fact it's one of those things where when the iPhone came out they said we won't worry with MMS because it's email and you know a lot of people who bumped an arm and said oh we want MMS we went well hold on who uses it and figs have shown that people don't use it but so the settings are set towards that but people don't use it so just rely on email and in fact that's one thing I'd love to talk about because I love email and I work with email I think it's a social thing now we rely on and use and the more we can use it like that you can have an email address here called lectures on lectures you know your name lectures at gmail and email all those messages to your gmail lectures thing and you'll have all your lectures in one place you know and, and when you go back and think what happened on that date you can go and find it through the date. Can you explain to people about the quick video streaming? This is going back to the Nokia operating system, is that it allows you to download software. For for example, this one here allows me to use Skype. I can actually chat with people all around the world on this phone. I can even call them and speak to them. And this other program called Quick, it's Q-I-K, Q-I-K. And you go to Q-I-K.com, and it's quite handy because you actually can record your where you are, what you're doing, and it associates with your account and puts, so it's like a video blogging type tool. So you can record anything you see straight away and straight away uploads it to the internet. So this day and age you need to check about your data plan that you've got because, you know, there's a lot of features now you can use these phones for not just, I mean I was amazed the first time I gave my father a phone and um, it had a video, it had a MP3 player, it had all these things so he could listen to his jazz. Um, he could then take photos and then email them instantly to the family. And that's the sort of technology we now have in our hands because, you know, you don't need a computer. I mean, I literally run my business from a phone. You know, I never have to be in front of a computer because I can email, chat, do all these things in a, through a phone and, you know, even, as I said, take videos, recordings and just send them electronically around the world or around my Sydney, you know, stuff. And just for the listeners, can you imagine if you're a journalist and you've got quick on your phone and you're filming somewhere where they don't want you to film if even if they take your phone off you it's it's already on the web it's too late it's on the internet and they also think i'm I'm probably one of these people i love seeing what other people's doing and it's quite amazing to actually go on the site and just go that quick.com and see what other people are videotaping and doing and again it is like that yeah it's video it's very much that business thing of being you know a lot of these news agents um people say look videotape it and send advice by MMS but you know quicks are a very good way of doing it and it's, they're not the only ones it's probably others doing it so but that's one I found that was very easy and works with Nokia phones very easy I'm a person who always likes to study how technology impacts people and I like to see how you know again going back to their way of doing business the way their personalities reflect on their technology and, and same time you know like my father I mean he was fancy that and never owned a, f- a cell phone the first cell phone he owns he can actually be connected to the w- wide world and we were discussing before how Third World's pushing for this $10 mm. laptop. And you go, well, why? I mean, this, I love going out and buying $50 phones and $30 phones and finding what they can do. You know, finding the camera on them, finding the music player on them. Because, you know, a kid has to be entertained. I mean, you know, don't want to just give him a, a, a picture of technology and say, all you can do is read wiki. You know, you need to be able to say, go and take photos of your friends. Like, take the photos, do that, enjoy the technology, listen to music, record and do whatever so I really basically just use my phone for texts and calls and the odd game here and there the software now you can take a photo and instantly uploads to the internet too so that's where it becomes more powerful because a lot of people worry about they're losing their phone and doing that I think um, someone I was speaking today lost their contacts 
So they lost their mobile phone and lost all the contacts that are in their mobile phone. And there's software like on this type of phone for this cheap phone that allows you to synchronise your contacts either with your computer or straight out to the internet. Mm -hmm. So, you know, so it gets to the point now where this whole internet now stores everything for you and this is just a little vehicle just to have in your pocket and interact back there into the internet. I've mainly seen people do their blogs. I think it's more of that. I think it's more about people, I mean, especially for someone like me, like, I suppose it's a bit of me chatting my thing, but I lost 30 kilos. I now send people to that website where I take photos of the meals and what I did to lose 30 kilos. And I tell people, yeah, just go to this site, look for this account, and you'll see all the photos of how I lost 30 kilos. And that was all from your phone? That's from my phone. That's what I'm saying. So I rather than, you know, because I got a lot of people questioning me, say, weren't you the fat boy when you? And I go, yeah, look, I've lost 30 kilos. And they go, how? And I go, look, go to this site, do a search, and you'll see my, my picture blog of how I lost 30 kilos. And that's, you know, again, that's um, phonesapp.com slash frenzy3, or you look for Drew's Diet in the keyword, and it's Drew's Diet with um, just one word. And, and when you see Drew's Diet, you'll see all these pictures of the meals and things I do. I think people will start to embrace this because they'll start to say, you know, look, um, you know, we all have aliases or codes on the internet, and you'll say, look, that's my code. Go to that site and you'll see my code and you'll be able to find... Um, what I'm photographing, what I'm doing, or where I'm at. So, what's how we met through Twitter? That's right. You know, so so technology like that's becoming more and more. And of course, this phone here can run Twitter. Does yeah. it have a separate client for Twitter? I haven't looked for it, but you can go to the browser and just log in. And does do it that. need to run Java programs, or is there special Nokia programs? What does it run? This is, tends to run special Nokia, but can run Java. The lower ones. This is what amazes me is that this has got the features of the high end phones. But like any of the low-end phones, they still run Java. And Java is a very low-end language and tends to have um, not as rich interface or rich feeling working on it. Um, whereas this one has the software that's very similar to like a Windows. A lot of people think mistake is for the Windows. They go, oh, Nokia runs Windows, don't they? And you go, no, it's not Windows. It's actually their Symbian Series 60. When you go into a shop and say, I want the Nokia that runs Windows, um, they'll look at you very confused. But you can say, yes, it's that Series 60 I'm after. And then quite often the technical guys at the shops don't know what it is. I've been to a few shops where I said, I'm looking for a Series 60 phone. They look at me to say, we don't have any of that model. And I go, no, that's one and that's one and that's one. And of course they go, oh, we didn't know that's what the rate they run. So, yeah, but, you know, it's one of those things that, well, as people get more and more educated and aware of, we'll start seeing that. Because then it's just like the Apple phone now where it can download software. Nokia have been doing this for 10 plus years. But you've got to pick the right model, not the you know, $200 phone that runs Series 40, which only runs Java and very limited, you know, li limited software. So what would you say are the biggest um, pieces of advice you can give to our audience, those potential phone buyers out there and phone users? Well, I always say work out what you want and ask your peers because quite often it's your peers that are going to be telling you what they use and do and phones that they've found. And the problem is because you're locked in for two years or a year with that phone, Choose wisely because, you know, don't rush. I mean, too many people, like they hear about what well, the phone I've talked about, you know, go, oh, I'll go and get that one. I go, but it may not suit you. You know, you may want more of a, you know, music player or something. So, I mean, what I like about this is a good all-rounder. I mean, it's got the latest software, the best software, and it's got all the features that one has. Um, there's nothing lacking on it that I would find for anyone to match them all up, apart from it's not a clamshell. So it doesn't have that open-close type thing. And it doesn't do Wi-Fi. It doesn't do Wi-Fi, but then again, see, I tend to believe that Wi-Fi is unnecessary in a phone because in the old days I used to think Wi-Fi was big, you know, because, well, I just want to get on the Wi-Fi network and browse or work on that way. But now you go, 
we were at a store today and we're looking at plans and for $15 you get one gig and other plans include three gig in the thing and three gig used to be enough to run a household of internet and you now get that on one single phone plan in a month so it's like you know you tend to sort of say to people now as long as you've got a data plan you've now you know and that's what you've got to now consider is look at the data plan so going back to the phone definitely i would say rc peers like this a 6121 would be a great phone because it's it's a good all-rounder i must confess my favorite's the iphone i mean i'm the sort of person the first iphone i hated i hated it did not want it thought no look i can't stand this thing then found this thing called google maps where i could just turn around and say oh i've got to go and pick this you know guy up off what's his address punch it in and go yes i know where that is on the map if i don't know i can just hit a button and say go and navigate me there those Google Maps was also available on the Nokia, but the difference here is it's not touchscreen. So I need to map through by using the keyboard, whereas on the iPhone I can browse in and out. And the other thing with the iPhone is that it's really a computer. I mean, I actually tend to say to people now, this is, this is on my computer. My iPhone is now a computer. It's like quite often I'll leave my computer at home and use the iPhone as a computer. So, and that's why I suppose you should say now is you know, start looking at rather than buying another computer or relying on your computer, look at these mobile phones I mean, the iPhone now comes free in plans you know you just got to commit to that hundred dollars a month spend and you've got a free iPhone so whereas this one's for those people with 200 plans and just want to get rid of their broken phone or their phone that keeps breaking down so you go well hey for 250 bucks you've got the a, a computer in your hand thanks very much Drew and that sound of our lovely listeners madly fiddling with their mobile phones means that this is the end of another episode of Diffusion. If you would like to contact us, if you have feedback, comments, suggestions, or you just love us completely, if you would like to contribute to Diffusion and hear your own voice passionately communicating science on Diffusion, then send an email to diffusion at 2SER.com. That's diffusion at 2SER.com. Or subscribe to our podcast on our website, www.diffusionradio.com. That's www.diffusionradio.com. Contributing to the program were Drew Shobrook and Ian Wolfe. Diffusion has been produced by Ian Wolfe in the studios of 2SER Sydney. Diffusion is broadcast nationally via the Community Radio Network. I'm Patrick Ruby. Join us inside your audio device of choice next time for more Science Wondering on Diffusion Science Radio. And to take us out, it's Jonathan Coulter with That Spells DNA. We start the story when Mom met Dad and they danced all night and he took wine they had, but they rolled the dice and won your genome. Then you grew and you grew, and one day you were you, and you look like your father and mother. If you're looking for someone convenient to blame, you can take your pick, it's one or the other. DNA, you're in my heart. DNA. DNA. Guani met 
outsiders he fell in love and then find me and got busy with that sent the messenger RNA to the ribosome to make more protein and while it's killing you dead it will mess with your head and it's the light in the dark that will guide you it's the pages and pages of what you are like in the giant book that's hidden inside you DNA Get the cancer if it says E-T-C-A-C-G-A-C-A-G-G Then you shouldn't eat shrimp or nuts if it says E-A-C-A-C-A-C-A-T-A-T-A-T-C-C-C-G-G Then you probably wish that you didn't know But you'll never know Do your best and soldier on Every day you're here till it's time to go All the good things and bad that you do or don't have You can find out for sure if you got them But there's a spiraling staircase that you're falling down And you're nothing but dead at the bottom DNA